0: Rick Madison here with Mark Burley, executive director of the downtown clone association. Welcome to the big show.
1: Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you Elvis.
0: Uh, present state of mind. What is it?
1: Uh, getting ready for meet me on Bernard. I mean, it's all consuming right now. And just like about every other business in the city, we're in hiring mode. Mm. Is that painful or? Yeah, it's tough getting, uh, getting some resumes for certain positions that we have, but, uh, we are just uh, keep plugging away at it, and uh, we have four different things open right now. I've got room for people in downtown on call and clean team, I'm looking for a marketing manager, and uh, another summer student if we can find one. So, it,
0: do you do you go on Indeed? Do you where where do you find these people?
1: Yeah, we have. Uh, ads on we have an ad-on indeed right now and that's for the marketing manager and uh it's posted as well for on indeed for clean team and the uh downtown on call as well okay and is it
0: I guess do you uh, advocate the fact that you have a fast paced environment
1: <laughs> like like how do you how do you sell this
0: because everyone has to sell it now
1: yeah you do and you know and it's just more that uh we don't run a really locked down, tamped down, tight office, you've been there and mm-hmm. it's uh, everybody moves around, talks with each other and whether you're on on the on-call team or the clean team or you're in the office staff, you know, everybody's on the level playing field and we like to have fun. We have staff lunches frequently and, you know, and we cover for each other. So that's what we do when we're interviewing. It's tough to get that across in any ad that you write.
0: Well, you just did.
1: <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a call, 862-3515.
0: <laughs> so we've had actually a wet spring, which I keep telling people fire suppression, fire suppression. Don't yeah. don't get depressed, fire suppression. It, it it feels like we're gonna have a summer where hopefully, knock on wood, we're gonna get around this uh this whole smoke thing. Is that
1: does that mean better tidings for Meet Me on Bernard? Well, first of all, when it comes to smoke in the Okanagan. After you've been here for a few years, you get you get used to that. At least once every couple or three years, you're going to have a week where there's some kind of wildfire smoke that's uh, wafting down the valley, whether it's over the water and over homes or not. So we get used to that. But I don't know if uh, people remember, but. Just two years ago in 2020, we had almost an identical type spring. As a matter of fact, the first week of July was quite cool as well. It was pretty wet. That's back when the pandemic had started and they were allowing only outdoor dining, which was cold and right. for that whole spring. That's so right, yeah. we're kind of in that same situation. I just think we've had more precipitation than anything, um, which... I'm just as happy as anybody else who's lived here for more than five minutes because hopefully this year we'll just have a nice warm or hotter, a little bit hotter than warm uh, summer that's not 46 degrees again like we had last year and full of smoke that we just have a good old Kelowna, Okanagan summer.
0: I love how your brain works because I don't even I, – I guess I'm – I don't think about two years from, from now, mm-hmm. from this point. Uh, well, backwards or forwards, I guess. Um, but it's, it's important to note that there's patterns that exist and you've, you've remembered the patterns and that was, you know, when people go, actually, I do remember that. Yeah. And I, I do remember the dining outside and there was a lot of blankets and coats being handed out for mm-hmm. patios because that was Literally one of those times when it you had to have some sort of customer base in order to move
1: forward. And if you wanted to buy a patio heater, it was almost impossible to yes, do that. That's right. In 2020. And you know, and we talk about flooding and that's come with all this rain that we've had. Well, Lakeshore at the Mission Creek Bridge was flooded out in 2012, 2013, and 2017. So remember all of that. In 2017, when I was still a boater, we had to walk through water and up to get to our floating dock because the oh, lake was so high. Right. Yeah, so yeah. there was there's it, weather patterns. It's no secret are changing. They have changed drastically, and every year it's okay. Let's see what's going to happen this year. And and I
0: think the key is 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 uh, you know for this year especially, I wonder if if a lot of the insurance rates for people that have been flooded out. You know, as you said, multiple mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. If if that's going to change at all, like if that's if the rates are going to increase, decrease, like I don't know. After a while, the insurance company's probably going. You know, you've probably been flooded four times now, Bob. So.
1: And my answer, my reaction to that would be, and you keep insuring me. Yeah. You know. So, but I don't know anything about the insurance and the rates and what's going up like that. All I know is, right before uh, we sold our boat, the rates on recreational vehicles were climbing pretty rapidly.
0: Yeah, and yeah, and again we have insurance friends, so we'll we'll get them on. But uh so we have meet me on Bernard and and we are going to dive into that um mm-hmm. but I'm I'm noticed when I was driving to the studio that there was a, an increased police presence downtown. Now, is that was that just today? Was that just but it seemed like there was two or three cars I saw around downtown, not you know, no lights on or anything mm-hmm. else, but they were just, they were circulating. And is that coming into summer? Is there a, a new, uh, I guess, profile for the RCMP downtown?
1: Well, it's the community safety unit that's responsible for downtown and Rutland and uh, the foot patrols and the bike patrols that are out there. Uh, there are more staff going on to that unit almost weekly, um, and I think part of what's happening right now is some of the newer officers are being toured around, plus uh, the RCMP have been pretty active along with us and Bylaw Services, uh, you know, cleaning up messes and moving people along, and it's just summertime comes. It was the same last year. We had, uh, you know, the our original foot patrol officers, uh, Mike Goche and Sam, uh, they were walking uh, up and down Bernard, probably early May last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, this year they're out and they're moving around, but they have more team members now. So that'll change. Sometimes we won't have as many officers on as we do on another day, only because of vacation, sick, or, you know, where they're needed somewhere else for a short period of time. But there is a concentrated effort to uh, make sure that there is a presence in downtown Kelowna. And that's what the board of directors was advocating for over the last few years is more officers for a foot patrol in downtown Kelowna, and it's happening.
0: So would you say that the, the timing is is important too? Because, I mean, a lot of people feel more vulnerable when, you know, the sun dips below the the mountains kind of thing. Is that, or is it just mostly in the daytime? Is it mostly...
1: Oh no, there they have shift 12-hour shifts that run from 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. They have shifts that run from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. and all manner of different times. So we there's officers all over downtown and the city for that matter throughout when the sun's up and when the sun's down. Uh, you know, it's a little bit of different animal in the evening anywhere in the city because that's when bars and restaurants are open, whereas retail may not be. So that gives you a different feel of how people are moving around. And that's why we have a foot patrol that's on there in downtown. And our our guys on call are only on till 9 o'clock at night right now. So they pick that up after that.
0: Um, so y- I, when, I, when I talk to you about the RCMP there has been discussion. I'm not I just curious to find out where you sit with all this, but the discussion around municipal police force versus RCMP and I know you have a close working relationship with the RCMP, as do I mm-hmm. But I'm just wondering your thoughts on why is there why is there just seemingly more opinions about that? Why is there more, amplified chatter about that.
1: Well, I think it's because survey after survey that's been coming out says it's people have the a sense or a feeling of being less safe in the city and they don't feel that maybe the police are visible enough, which I believe they are. But, you know, everybody has a right to their own opinion and how it what their perception is and you know what they say perception is reality for a lot of people. So, I just think that Whether it's municipal or whether it's the RCMP, there's good and bad to both sides of that. Getting to a municipal police force now, I can't even imagine what that would cost. I know Surrey's going through it right now and it's not going very smoothly. Um, But the leadership, I think, at the RCMP detachment is the best it's ever been for us right now, not rights from the superintendent right down through her management team. Uh, I, I really think they're good folks. I think that we have quite a few who are locals, which mm-hmm. is nice to have that. You know, I, I moved here in 2005 from central Ontario, from southern Ontario, and I live just outside of Toronto. And the thing when I came here was seeing an RCMP officer at, pulling people over and giving them tickets. And that surprised me because I wasn't used to that because I come from the Waterloo region that has its own police force. Then you have the OPP, the Ontario Provincial Police. Then you have the RCMP. So you very rarely saw RCMP vehicle that was marked. So I think that the difference is that area did that like long before I can even remember Um, whereas BC's always had that thing where the RCMP do the police work in the smaller communities.
0: And, and I, I do think, you know, coming from Ontario did that. And, and again, you bring up Surrey, it seems like that transition and you said it correctly, it would cost a lot of money at this point.
1: Yeah, and police services already takes a big chunk, the largest chunk, out of uh, the city of Kelowna's budget. I mean, they're very upfront about that every year. I mean, the budget's available. You can see it online. And it's it. police work is expensive. And, you know, it's the difference being if it's a local police force, it's like me putting an ad up. Hey, we need a couple of police officers, and they get applications from wherever, and they make their hire when we need more officers here in Kelowna we quote unquote order them right from detachment and the uh, RCMP officers they can move around it's kind of like it was when i was younger working at a bank you could move all around if you wanted to move up the ladder but you had to move around the country to do it so that's you know one of the things about a RCMP force in a city is it will have a significant, not a significant, have a certain amount of turnover every year for whatever reason.
0: Okay. So we've, we've teased people long enough. Uh, (laughs) Meet me on Bernard is, is a, is that kind of a legacy piece? Like I'm not saying you're going anywhere, but is that a legacy piece for you? The meet me on Bernard? Is that kind of a a feather in your cap when you look back in your career? I'm not saying you're leaving, but I'm not going anywhere. But but is that something that for
1: you is is really a a jewel in the crown, so to speak? I think it might be. Um, I think it will definitely be uh, the biggest thing that I've done for down with downtown Kelowna and the city over my tenure. Even you know if I'm around for another five or six years, which I hope to be. And um, it's just that it's it got off to a real rocky start. And, and that's unfortunate. We were back in a time in the summer of 2020 when none of us knew if we were coming or going or jumping or falling down. And so we couldn't do anything. Everything we tried to do within that closure was met with resistance because it would give the appearance of us creating crowds, which they didn't want us to do in the beginning of that, uh, the pandemic. So then you go, uh, we also had a COVID outbreak at uh, somebody's party that they were going on that made its way into downtown. And we kind of got painted with the brush that COVID was downtown when it really wasn't. And then, so we went through that year and we thought, well, okay, what we need to do is instead of having me or my team calling the city and saying, can we do this? Um, We got together with the city and tourism Kelowna and we've worked as a team now for the last two years. Last year was one thing after another, and it's not worth getting into everything that happened, but we know that there was heat and there was smoke and some unfortunate events event that happened downtown. And we started, I remember specifically on July or June 30th, going out for lunch at Kraft. And then there was the partitions were up, the markings were on the floor. They lifted all the public health orders on July 1st, if you remember correctly, we're the first province in the country to do it. So we were running around doing things and I walked by craft on July 1st and everything was gone. All the, everything was done. And it was, there was this sharp, sharp contrast. So, and that was the same, every restaurant along Bernard was pretty similar.
0: So. So contrast as far as people or not people, or
1: what do you mean? The contrast of not having the uh, partitions, the oh, plexiglass see, partitions, gotcha. the markings on the ground, right. you know, keep your distance. Everybody was still using social distancing, which I hate that term. It's it's physical distancing. I will never be socially distant, but I know I've told you that before. <laughs> <laughs> it is a
0: pet peeve, no question. But I mean, that is a, an interesting piece. And in, in when, you know, when I look back on, on different things that have a, a real... Relevance to the community. Mm-hmm. I mean, Meet Me on Bernard has got some some big ripples to it, as far sure. as the different levels of of you know partners that had to come together in order to make that happen. And and change is tough on any community. Sure, it and is. that was a huge change for a lot of people saying, "I I can't get access. I can't park over here." You know, cars of course mm-hmm. were for a car centric place. This this was a huge change. So I, I mean. A lot of pushback. Is there a certain element of of counselors that have really risen for downtown? Like they've they continue to advocate, they continue to work with you. They they just seem to be a lot more, I guess, uh eager to support and and push forward downtown. I, I mean, I don't want to play favorites. Well, I kind of do, but <laughs> is there anybody that the kind of uh you know, they they just seem to go the extra effort to make sure that anything downtown gets, you know, proper promotion or there just seemed to be when, when you had the, uh, the different festivals, they just seem mm-hmm. to be ever a present. Mm-hmm. Do we want to call them out?
1: Uh, no. Uh, you know No, no, what? no, no. Like advocate for them. We have, well, this year's going to be so great because all those festivals are back. Right. So here's, that's what's been missing with Meet Me on Bernard, right? It's all been concentrated on those four blocks. So now we have you know a musical thing happening in the middle of July uh, island time over on the waterfront stage July 1st Canada Day's back the celebrations back we didn't even have that last year fireworks that night that brings an immense amount of people downtown how much did we spend on fireworks by the way Oh, I have no clue. You have to ask. We're not of that. Come on, <laughs> give me something like a hundred no grand. Number of that. Hundred grand. I have no idea. I wouldn't even want to guess. Okay, I'm going on the record. It's hundred grand. Okay, now all you know what all the counselors are are really pro downtown. It's the third fastest growing downtown in the country. It's the fastest growing city in the country. There's a lot to brag about. There's lots of new businesses coming downtown. So no matter what we do with Meet Me on Bernard, if it starts there, it will leach out. So when we bring people downtown, like you talked about, I can't find a place to park because, well, you can park on Ellis, you can park on Lawrence, you can park on Leon, you can park on Water Street. So there are businesses on all of those streets and those cars are parking in front and seeing them that maybe for the first time, geez, I didn't know that store was there. Right. And that's, I think, where the legacy is.
0: And it's and it's a big piece.
1: Would you say that
0: um, you had some influence, some some other communities that have done the same thing? Because obviously, there's a template there. Would you? We have other sister cities we mm-hmm. work with. Has other cities looking at this and said, "Man, we should do this. Like this is just going to be amazing for our downtown."
1: Well, I think what uh, is missing in the information that's about a street closure in a downtown core is the number of cities. In the country that are doing it and started at the same time as we did here in Kelowna. And, you know, there's uh, on White Avenue in Edmonton, they close that down uh, every summer. And it's, it's brilliant. It's really well done. There's sidewalks are expanded, made wider because they don't have the luxury of the wide sidewalks that we have. They have art installations and all those things that we're doing now they were able to start in 2020 guelph ontario it does the same thing it closes everything down there's there's our four and five and ten block areas of downtowns right across this country that have been doing the same thing since 2020 because open spaces after during and after a pandemic are what people want right so
0: you're a history guy. Um the big sidewalks that we have. Mm-hmm. So there was a time when there was major pushback because we had different parking way back when and I remember I'm dating it. myself.
1: Angled parking. Angled parking.
0: And uh and it, at one time it was reverse back in or something like that. Like oh, it that was, predates me. Yeah. Now we have these big, wonderful uh wide sidewalks, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people push back again because it was taking you know, car-centric, you know, the Uh roadways are getting smaller and everything else. And now looking back, that seems to have been, there seemed to be um, a horizon in mind when that was first initiated. Now, was was that connected? In other words, was Meet Me and Bernard way back when thought of and, geez, we got to expand this sidewalk in order to make all that happen. Was that even a thought or is that just coincidence.
1: I think it's coincidence. Uh, That was all done when Walter Gray was the mayor. That was a big vision of his was the revitalization of Bernard Avenue. I remember because I was working on Bernard too and going through that construction. It was a couple of years worth of inconvenience, but it certainly was better for people walking with the wider sidewalks. Also good for the businesses because if you take a walk down Bernard now and you'll see a patio that's permanently there and it's fenced. Those businesses have out, if they don't have a patio, but they have that far out to use for their business as well. So for example, on the 23rd of July, we're doing a version of Block Party within the Meet Me on Bernard footprint. So this time now we'll have Bernard businesses actually set up in front of their stores as well as the vendors on the street because we just don't have the room to have the big number that we had in the 30 previous block parties that were on Bernard.
0: So that's interesting though. And I think that's how wide sidewalks have become really important for the downtown businesses that are still probably, you know, some might still be digging themselves out of a pandemic mm-hmm. uh, type of business cycle, but they, the patios and the feeling of a big sidewalk, is that uh I don't know, it, it just feels like our downtown is maybe ahead of the curve when it comes to bigger sidewalks.
1: Well, it would be nice if we could do that on every street, but there's, you know, you can't grow any more land to make the street wider or whatever. But what I find really great about the wide sidewalks are if you, the 400 block, which we call the neighborhood plaza, it's, uh, or no, sorry, community square. It runs from Pandozi to Ellis. And that's – Mosaic Books is on the one corner there, Lululemon across the street from then, Bank and then the Mission Group uh, sales office. So we've had that one building that's been empty for years. For a years. long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been bought by another company um, who actually had the front of that blocked off for weeks. You can go down there now and take a look at it. Really? It's all – been restuccoed, it's been redecorated, it looks wonderful. We have businesses they've leased to in there, and it's including a couple of food services. So now we're getting more restaurants moving up, which is what we want. So what's really neat is they can have a patio, but we still have room for people to walk by. And that's really important.
0: Well, what is it? Uh, is it P.T. Barnum? Uh, nothing attracts more people than people. Exactly. Let's talk a bit, uh, a bit about the people on your board of directors right now, mm-hmm. who, where, where they come from? Can you name a few just, just to give people an idea of who's, who's helping with downtown?
1: Yeah. They come from all different sectors of businesses downtown. Uh, we have uh, two, three lawyers on, on the board right now. Lucky you. Yeah. Well, Brian Stevenson is our new president from Pusher Mitchell. Yardin Grishoni is our past president. Um Renata Mills is the vice president. Uh, our secretary, or our treasurer is uh, Vish Sharma from Grant Thornton. We need a real accountant to look after the yeah, books. It's, it's kind of important. You know, we don't have that at the federal level, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Uh, Caroline Bai from uh, the Kelowna Yacht Club, member services, is our secretary. And she is a she does a specialty in governance, and she's helped us modernize the bylaws that that, that was really needed over the last two years. Ox Coburn from uh, the Cactus Club and King's Taps is uh, another member. We've got Jenna from DeVille Coffee, who just came on board, and a bunch of others. It's a big board. It's 15 members, hmm. and I really like working with them because when we do have— board meetings once a month. I bounce ideas off them when I'm thinking things just to make sure I'm going in, you know, the right direction. So, you know, we have Chef Travis from Lake House. He he's on on the board as well. And Chad Holler from Kelowna Concierge. So we've got a whole mixture of people from downtown. How often do you meet? Once, once a month. Once a month for the board of directors. We don't meet in July um, because most people are gone, yeah, on holidays or whatever. And uh, we have executive meetings about ten times a year. So it's it's really what their role is is governance and
0: and you know really planning for the horizon. And, and you're obviously bouncing uh, the bigger events off of them. Oh sure. And is it you know, I, I guess, is the turnover
1: that much in the board of directors or is it how long's the term? Every director has a two-year term and half the board turns over every year. So you get the, you know, uh, let's say at 15, let's say it was 14, you would have seven that would be up for reelection every year.
0: Okay. And, and is it, is there a lot of people applying for this board of directors or is it just, uh, whoever wants to get in, gets in?
1: We had 11 nominees for four positions this year. Really? Open. Yeah. Everyone wants a shot at Mark Burley. hey? Eh? <laughs> yeah. Sooner or later, somebody's going to come in and really shoot me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: is just off topic or maybe it isn't. During the pandemic, we were, we were told a, a number of things like 10,000 small businesses were going to go, um, into receivership. Now we have a little bit of perspective on w- what we came out of. Mm-hmm. Um, how was it for downtown? Like we obviously a lot of things shut down and 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 stopped, but then they resumed operations. But do you have any kind of anecdotal stories of, of who came, who left and and how we came out of that?
1: I I love telling this story about uh, Regan at Beach Avenue Clothing. She was uh, all of us. Understandably so. In March 2020, we're afraid. We didn't know what was happening. You know, the news was saying they're going to make us all stay home. They're going to close businesses down, and and essentially that's what happened. And what we did at the DKA is our information that went out weekly was about different options. We did a lot of promotion uh, through social media to give away gift cards, and we we gave them resources on what you can do for gift cards but one of the big things that happened was e-commerce mm. and shopify sent a package to us we shipped it out to everybody and that's what Reagan did at uh, beach avenue clothing and it it helped save her business and she was down there every tuesday and thursday filling out orders walking up to beside blends and putting them in the back seat of cars for people and it was it was that was exciting to see in what was a pretty dark time for me. Mm-hmm. There's other things. I You know, there was one of our businesses downtown on Ellis who reached out to us back in early February. What can we do? It's cold. There's restrictions. Uh, February is not a great time to be doing in business <laughs> for mm-hmm. business anyway. But there was that. But they're still there. So they made it through, but it was more what we could do for them is through an advertising marketing initiative, more than anything, to keep downtown Kelowna top of mind awareness for people when they wanted to shop. So we went through this pandemic. I don't think we lost near the number of businesses like you were just saying, we're going to lose 10,000 businesses and that. I'm actually kind of surprised that right across the country, I mean, we haven't had any Big stories about multiple operations closing down. Mm-hmm. So it's a tribute to small business. You know, they've always said small business is the backbone of any community because it provides jobs, it provides a living for the owners, and they pushed their way through. Uh, it wasn't easy. You know, there's a lot of scared looks in people's eyes when you visited them, but we seem to have come through it pretty good. They found a way. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I think the parts we're not going to learn about is how much debt there might be, you know, that had to be taken on to survive that. So that may come in the future as we're going through what we're going through in the economy right now.
0: Well, take it from me, the banks have a lot of money.
1: Uh, Just a buck or two.
0: So Mark, I have to, we have to wade into this. Um, When you started this position, which was when? November, 2018. Okay. And now you're, we're in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, you have probably a lot more layers of skin on you uh, because of the amount of homelessness that kind of surrounds, you know, your job. Mm-hmm. Like it or leave it, that's that's what's happened. Do you have a different perspective than you did in 2018 than you do four years
1: later? Oh, definitely. Um, I think anybody in any city in my position, an executive director of a business improvement association is going through pretty much the same thing. Uh, you know, the one thing I took me till the summer of 2019 to realize that people who don't have a home come to Kelowna for the same reasons that people who have homes do. And that's, it's great weather. If you're going to have to sleep outside, where would you want to sleep outside? Kelowna or Vancouver or wherever. Um, The thing was, I always assumed that every homeless person I saw was a drug addict and a criminal. Mm -hmm. I think that's generally what people think, or at the very least, a nuisance. Um, Now, it took just a little while of building the relationships with police, with interior health, the bylaw services people who are also out there every day. Uh, for me to understand that that's not the case. You know, we have some pretty complex mental health issues with a few of the people downtown. And unfortunately, those ones with the complex needs who are generally more of a nuisance and more of a problem, their brush paints the rest of that population. Mm. And that's unfortunate because there are some really – Decent people who are just trying to get their head above water that the gospel mission, for example, Carmen and her team serve every day and help them. They're not a nuisance. They're not criminals. They're people who are just down on their luck or whatever definition you want to put there. And I don't like to do that with anybody. So that was where my how my perception there has changed. So that allows me to say, okay, how do we concentrate on that one area? that we can make a difference in and that's you know our our teams have contact numbers and everything with them when they're out in the street and you never know you might give it to somebody and that might make the difference whereas before I had this job I just wondered you know I was working on Bernard Avenue since I got here and you know coming in the parking lot in the 400 block uh, from behind in the alleyway sometimes is a bit scary thing when you're coming in for six o'clock in the morning. Right. So
0: it sounds like a deeper level of understanding just based on the exposure you've had.
1: Yeah. And discussions with the people learning from those people in those, uh, in those other agencies who know way more about this issue than I do, than even, you know, uh, Ron and his on-call team or clean team do. It's, it's so complex that it's impossible to understand unless you step back take a breath and go, okay, they can't all be like that.
0: So recently you were in Banff, was it? (laughs) Yeah. Whenever you go to another community, and and I don't know, I kind of liken it to a guy that sells tires and he can't stop looking at tires. Do you go to other communities and look at the downtown and go, what are they doing right? What are they doing wrong? Like, is that, can you ever shut that off or is that just, yeah.
1: When I went, when I I was in radio and I went to a different town, what's the first thing I did? Tune Listen into a radio station. station. Yeah. Right. So we were there uh, week before last and uh, f- for an event that Janet was going to. And your wife? Yep. Yeah. And we got there on Tuesday uh, and we walked to downtown in Banff, which is closed. They closed it on the May long weekend. And uh, we went and got ourselves something to eat, walked around, saw a few ideas like they have a, a ton of bike racks. Uh, that are set off on the side streets not necessarily on where the closure is but they do have a free bike valet for people who bring their bikes downtown come on yeah it's okay the bus still runs up and down the closed street and all their buses are electric so you can't even hear them coming they have like a little bell on them so you know they're coming it's it's kind of funny but the you know vendors were out uh on they had a couple of vendors they had horse and buggy thing you could go for a ride on that wasn't only downtown it would go other things around uh downtown Banff so it was kind of cool to see that this which is pretty much a sleepier town outside of the ski season was actually pretty busy it was a tuesday afternoon so i didn't expect downtown to be overly busy but there were quite a few people walking up and down the street, and we stopped and talked to one gentleman who had an 11-year-old German shepherd with a three-month-old puppy German shepherd. And oh, wow. And that would be Janet's uh, love of her life for German shepherds. And I talked to him, and he didn't like the closure at all because he's a fireman. And he thought that there would be all these issues if there was ever a fire down there. But that's fine. You know, that's, they're, talk to a couple of businesses who love it. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's always the mixed opinions, but it was really neat. Here we have the backdrop of the lower mountains and the lake. When you look down Bernard towards the sails there, they have all those huge mountains around them. It's It's so majestic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So did you take that idea back as far as the bike racks off of the main thoroughfare kind of thing?
1: Yeah, we had a committee meeting the week after I got back last week and uh, I showed them pictures. I took them on my phone and said, look at this great idea for next year. Cause it's too late. Yeah. We're still <laughs> operating on the JIT principle. We'll get everything done just in time. So
0: you're ex broadcaster music guy. We got to talk about music. Okay. Okay. Uh, vinyl, what, if, what, if, what's on your, what's on your record player and, and honestly you have a record player. Yes, I do. What. What's on there from yesterday, last night? Abbey
1: Road. Abbey Road again, eh? Yep. Uh Also, uh, Wings Over America. Who's that? Paul McCartney and Wings. It's a double oh, album live okay. thing. Okay. So interestingly, Ryan came over on Father's Day and he had a stack of albums. Ryan. My son, Ryan. Okay. And he's also a bit of a vinyl freak. Mm-hmm. So he- It comes by it naturally. So he brought over, and there was, he brought over a whole bunch of Three Dog Night, which is my all-time favorite band, and he had Golden Biscuits in there, Harmony. He had Live at the Farm 69, which is, I have two copies of, one hangs on the wall and one we play. So we were playing different albums all day Sunday, and then we played, last night, Monday night, uh, Heather, my daughter, and her fiancé, Chad, came over with a couple of my grandsons to celebrate Heather's birthday and Father's Day because they couldn't be there on Sunday. So we just fired up the turntable and had the sound down and watched the hockey game and sat outside. And yeah, and I played Abbey Road because Heather gave that to me for Christmas. Interesting. Okay, so how does
0: vinyl make a good night greater? Like how cuz uh, you know people listening are going well, why don't you just put on like digital apple music or whatever like why is it such a, a romanticized version of
1: music well because the sound is much more full there's more to it um i can run any one of those albums through spotify for the convenience of not having to go and flip it over right um but it just doesn't sound the same and you said it before. I've been in radio for a long time. When I started in radio, we played records in the control room, so it's kind of a little bit of a history thing. Makes you feel a bit younger. Um, and I, most people who have vinyl in their home, it's a microcosm of a certain era that they lived through. So, you know, you'll have mine, which would be, you know, seventies and eighties pop rock. For lack of a better thing Then you throw in The stuff there That Janet liked Like the Barbra Streisands And I even have A Garth Brooks album I have no idea Where I got it from But And it's great I love to listen to it Which which different.
0: one? The Horses one? No It's a live, live one oh, Okay
1: And uh, I probably got that Somewhere in the 90s When I was at Magic FM In Guelph And so so
0: so the only concert that blew me away, which I didn't realize it would was Garth Brooks in Vegas. Uh, no doubt. Storyteller, musician, um comedy, but talent. Like I mean, he's he's just playing stuff and he's he's you know, he's he's got a show schedule. I know sure. that. But I mean the way he kind of brought you it felt like a living room. Like it felt like even though we're in this big theater, mm-hmm. it felt like he was just speaking to us. And and my brother-in-law not a country music fan. Came out of there and said that was probably one of my top five all-time great experiences—not musically, mm-hmm. but just experiences. So, uh, Garth is one of those guys.
1: Well, it's well, him and Springsteen are identical. The only difference is Garth Brooks can sing.
0: Downtown's changing, and does that new campus that's being uh, built on Doyle like how how much change and and give people an idea of. Of what the new development would mean to a downtown, like uh, like a new campus for, you know, UBC.
1: Well, the building is going to have student residences in it. It's going to have uh, classrooms, uh, you know, studies will be done there. It'll also have um, uh, offices for staff and some of their administration There'll also be another down UBC is building that. And beside it, Mission Group is building another tower. And all the lower floors are like everything we're seeing right now where you have mixed use. So there'll be a lot of retail in the bottom of there. But what that means is students aren't in school at the university level all day long. There is a matter of fact, I'd hazard a guess, it's only a few hours a day depending on where you are in your studies. So if they're living there... Then all of our businesses in downtown are there for them to shop at, to eat at, to visit, all the services that are downtown. Uh, Ladies can get their nails done, they get their feet done, and get a haircut, your hair done. All that is all downtown and it's all within walking distance. So that's what the UBCO campus means from that standpoint. Plus, the more residential that's being built, that's even more. People downtown moving around, visiting our shops, services, businesses, and going to concerts, going to the Rockets games, all those sorts of things that happen. It's almost like its own little community. Uh, Prosper Place. Have you been dragged into this? No. <laughs> Do you, no no opinions whatsoever. You don't want well, to get dragged in. Uh, you know, I think <clears throat> arenas always have to be upgraded. Um, Again, where I came from, the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium, I don't know how many times it's been redone since I moved away 17 years ago. So I think that it's been a while since I've been in Prospera, a couple of years since the beginning of the pandemic. So it's – the Memorial Cup was going to be a big deal. right? And that got pulled out from unrest because of the pandemic. And I was on that committee with a bunch of other people downtown. And it was a different – part of the league that looked after awarding the memorial cup so you go from the whl to the chl or whatever it was uh the parameters change the requirements change prospera place doesn't live up to it so if we want to have the memorial cup back that has to change now it's up to the city and the people who own the arena to sit down with the rockets and figure this out and get it done and i'm fully confident it'll get done it'll get done sometime next year i think do you have a joke no, I don't have any jokes. Come on, you not don't Not that a I a can joke? tell in this environment. Well,
0: that is probably true. Um, <laughs> but do you get uh, often asked to speak a lot, at like MC stuff? I used
1: to. I don't get asked that much anymore. Um, so you're not passing out cards or anything right now? No, no, no. The last big MC event I did were the BC Interior Music Awards at the Kelowna Community Theatre. I think it was like 2013 or 14 when... Uh, we had, I think it was Terry David Mulligan was going to come and do it. Mm-hmm. And something happened that he couldn't be there. Um, and okay, I'll do it. And I had a great time doing it. So I did it the next year. Oh, did you? Yeah. And your fees have probably stayed the same. Yeah, zero. <laughs> Just give me a beer after and I'm happy.
0: You have a, you have a team downtown. Mm-hmm. And, and I always like to ask you this because I, I think it's important that we draw attention and we appreciate people and, and all that kind of stuff. Is there anybody? Um, and again, I'm sure you appreciate the whole team, but is, is there anybody that just seems, especially when it comes to meet me on Bernard, you'd like to give a special thanks to consideration to?
1: That's a tough question because there's so many people who do so many things and each one of us has a different role. Um, I got to, you know, Chris Babcock from the city events. He's the one who's corralled everybody and lassoed us and, Put this thing together. It was just him and I last year in February, walking up and down Bernard, visiting businesses, and it's grown into a fair-sized committee. Uh, and he's put that all together. So, and Chris Lewis from Tourism Kelowna, and his partner Sydney and Sarah, who works with Chris, they all do great job of their own individual thing for example chris lewis is doing all the training of the summer students who are going to be out on the street for the summer so everybody has their own role i look after you know buying the advertising and that kind of stuff so you know it's really hard but those four people there are the ones the original team along with veronica in my office that we started this going and then and Jill Hamilton come in to do sponsorship and then Haley came in to do all the pop-ups that we're having this year so the team just keeps getting bigger and everybody does their thing before we forget uh, meet me and Bernard is date to date give me the dates again July 1st through September 5th Labor Day Monday
0: okay it's been a, a lovely afternoon uh Mark Burley from executive director of downtown Colonial Association I do have one final question a big one profound you listen to vinyl What's in your hand? What beverage is in your hand?
1: Uh if it's hot out probably a beer. Okay. Okay. Uh, what kind of beer? Uh I'm a wuss. I drink like Ultra Light or whatever it's called. Okay. Michelob okay. Ultra. Okay. Although this time of the year there's some Corona hanging around and there might be a 15 or 16 or, or two. Right. Okay. Um but most of the time it's a glass of red wine. And and what uh Pinot uh
0: now, uh, Pinot
1: is just uh, white wine with food color. And there's no, you know, I just, I'm not a big Pinot fan, unless I've got a really big piece of uh, steak or something. Uh, I'm a big, I, I like big wine, so I like Malbec's. okay. I like- uh,
0: Dark, brooding.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's why Haunting. you don't drink it in the summertime, because it's so, you
0: know- <laughs> Well, it's been a hoot as always. I knew it would be. And uh, thanks again. And looking forward to seeing you downtown. Thanks for having me.